Warning. The following show contains material that may not be suitable for children, Bible thumpers, or conservatives. Do not attempt to recreate any of the stories from the show as this may result in harm or anal tears. Viewer discretion is advised. Oh my god. Jesus. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gay Bible. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> Before the season ends, can we please figure out a better fucking introduction? I, I, I am open to suggestions at this point. I cannot believe that I am saying this, but this marks officially the 20th episode of of this goddamn show. This show has lasted longer than any one of my relationships. It makes me think like, oh my God, is Jesus my long-term daddy? What? Yeah, okay, I'm down with that. I think it's safe to say I have been saving myself for Jesus this entire time. While I am talking about saving myself for Jesus, I wanna take us back to my 11-year-old self. This was when I was in sixth grade, or in better terms, before my dad left us. True story though. Anyways, I wanna tell the story about how I made a pledge to save myself for Jesus. But before I do, it's safe to mention that during this time, I was still living at home. And when my sister and I were still living at the hands of my parents, we were brought up very Christian. We were raised in a very Christian household. And in many cases, looking back, it was culty as fuck. Looking back, me and my sister have both had conversations with each other and we're like, yo, like, you getting culty vibes? I thought... I thought I was the only one. The mentality of it was just culty as fuck. You know, thinking about it, my sister and I really didn't have our own opinions because we were not allowed to. And in many ways, we were brainwashed and manipulated to think a certain way. You know, and furthering that explanation, a big educator in our household was none other than Mr. Fox News. And I'm going to speak on this because, well, I fucking can. Fox News is a complete cancer to society. I would mention that a lot of media outlets are a complete cancer on society. I'll even play devil's advocate. I even think MSNBC is a total cancer to society. But Fox News, she is that bitch. She is the number one cancer to society. She is melanoma skin cancer. She ranks above all else. Again, she is that bitch. But in furthering the explanation of how Fox News is a complete cancer to society, is when me and my sister were being raised on that shit, it really does teach racism. It teaches how to have implicit biases. It teaches being homophobic. Honestly, all the phobes. You know, and it wasn't until me and my sister were able to escape our home, you know, in our home life, that we kind of woke the fuck up and looked at ourselves and we were like, fuck. It took years of educating ourselves to erase all the 
bullshit that we had been taught by our parents in this horrible cancer to society news network. I'm so thankful every day that I was able to escape my home, you know, and go to college. You know, and my biggest words of wisdom is that as a society, we cannot function properly unless every single type of person is provided a free and equal opportunity to be educated. For the people that are listening and don't truly believe that my sister and I were brainwashed, you know, you're probably thinking, Jake, you're so fucking dramatic. And to that, I say, you guys know me so well. But for this part, I'm truly not being over dramatic. I mean, probably a little but If I wasn't, that wouldn't be fucking fun to listen to. But I'm going to read you guys something that I stumbled upon in my grandma's things when she passed away. Now, before my grandma passed away, shout out to you, bitch. I fucking love you. She made a habit of absolutely saving everything from art to pictures and even old essays. And I found an old essay that I wrote in 2010, which would have made me 11 years old. And this is that essay. Like I always say, lubricate those goddamn fucking ears and listen the fuck up. So when I found this essay, it was an assignment that I did in 2010. And I know that because it was marked 2010. It says Jake 2010. And in this essay assignment, I don't know what teacher gave us this assignment, but it had prompts. You know, one of the prompts was I am proud when dot, dot, dot. You have to fill it out. Another one is I am angry when dot, dot, dot. One of the excerpts that I found was, okay, here we go. If I were president, I would dot, dot, dot. I don't even know if you bitches are fucking ready for this, but here we go. Deep breath. Let's listen up. If I were president, I would get rid of all of the laws that Obama made. I would make this world a better place because I would get rid of the bad economy and help people get jobs. If I were president, I would quit borrowing money from other countries and drill oil in Alaska. I would make good laws that help people. I would close fast food restaurants or have them make healthy food instead of greasy food. What the fuck? Huh? I deadass, like, I read this out loud, and I, like, was on the brink of having, like, a mental breakdown. I was like, the fuck? I looked again. I was like, no fucking way I wrote this. With my views that I have today, no way that I wrote this. And then as I was looking at my aunt, we were dying laughing, but then there was a moment where I was like, wait, did I really write this? Oh, I am ashamed. Oh, I am bequeathed. I am in disarray. Uh, I can't. I can't believe. Okay, guys, that wasn't just the only. That was not the only one either. So this is another one. Get ready for this. So the other one was, if I had one wish, it would be to go to heaven. I would like to see Jesus and be with all of the angels. I want to be able to do whatever I want and talk to God. I could run with all of the animals and I would never get tired, hungry, or mad. I could see all of my relatives who have passed away. I could swim with the whales and fly like an eagle. It would be so fun. I want to swim with the whales. I want to fly like an eagle. I swear that's got to be some country song already. I, I, I obviously, that was, that was plagiarism, obviously. I cannot believe that I said this. And that's not it. Another one. 
as in the famous words of DJ Khaled, another one. Here we go. When I grow up, I want to be a heart surgeon because it will be interesting to learn all the parts of the human heart and be able to fix it. I also want to work for the FBI because I want to solve crimes. When I grow up, I want to have money, a nice car, and kids. For a backup plan, I want to work as a banker. When I grow up, I also want to be a professional baseball player. Honey, like, I don't know if somebody wasn't being realistic with you, um, but none of that shit is going to ever happen for you because, first of all, anything that ever has to do remotely with science, I, I, bl- I blank out. I'm like, huh? Like, I'm like what is um a patella a patella's nutella right it's it's patella's cousin nutella right uh, like that kind of shit and for the very last one here we go My dream for the world is for everything to be safe, happy, and peaceful. I dream that the world will be a better place in the future and that people will get along. My dream for the world is that God will come back and save us all. (laughs) My dream for the world is that it will be a good place and that there won't be anyone destroying it and making it a bad world. No pollution, no danger, no more evil. Oh my god. Guys, I read this and shit my pants. Like, I started laughing and then I started crying because I looked at that and I was like, wow. Not only was I completely brainwashed with none of my own thinking because I look at that and I'm like, okay, none of that was my own thinking. That was straight from what my parents were telling me. You know, but then furthering that, you know, I also smile because I look at myself now and realize how far I have come. I am proud and I am happy, you know, because I worked my ass off to distance myself from that kind of mentality or that kind of thinking. And that, let me tell you something, that was no walk in the park. That was me questioning every single thing that I had ever been brought up in my life, questioning it, and then saying no to it. If anybody has ever gone through that before, the mental strength that that takes it's a lot, you know, because for me, when I was questioning all that, I was questioning my religion. The only thing that kept coming up that was burnt into me when I was younger, and a lot of us for that fact, is I don't want to go to hell, so I will believe whatever I was taught, because roasting in the fucking pit of fucking fire does not sound fun. But now I'm like, hey, I don't know, there's fucking sexy ass motherfuckers down there. Um, I might want to just take a little detour before I get to the heaven part, you know? But in saying all of this, because this is just kind of, it, it is crazy, reading that back and kind of putting myself back where I was, you know, when I was 11 years old and things at home were not easy. That was where my father at the time, you know, he taught us all that along with my mother, but a big part for us not being able to question or form our own opinions was when you do that, you question your higher authority. And at that point, that's your parents, you know, and when you are raised in a household that teaches complicity and being obedient, you know, to your higher ups, you don't have a lot of time to question. So you just go with it. And that is awful. But in furthering this comedic relief or just my childhood trauma, um, I want to truly talk to you guys about when I truly gave myself to Jesus and made a vow. So this story begins when I was in sixth grade. I was either 11 or 12 at this point. But again, very much brainwashed and very much a lover of Jesus. So we didn't really get a sex talk in my house. I mean, we got the, you know, the whole pregnancy thing, but I never got the talk, you know, if my parents ever assumed I was a homosexual. So that was never a discussion that we had. But since we were such backwards thinkers, my parents thought it would be a great idea to send me and my sister to a purity convention. 
Let's say that again. A purity convention. Now, if anybody has never been to a purity convention, I'm gonna let you know what's good. It was lit as fuck. <laughs> oh my God. When I was young and I went to this, first of all, when they told me about it, I didn't even know what it meant, but they sent me to this. It was at the Burlington Edison High School. And I just remember walking through these doors and it was in their gym, but they had it set up where it looked like a stadium. There was a big stage, a ton of seats. Like there was hella people there. There was a, it was a show up. There were a lot of people there and they had speakers, they had music, you know, God is on the move, on the move, hallelujah. Yeah, I'm I'm really sorry about that. Um, I still get flashbacks. <laughs> but basically I'm sitting there and, you know, they're taking us through the different terms of like sex. What the, what does that mean? How does that mean in, in your relationship with the Lord? And, you know, they made some good points that, you know, I still kind of think that are true today. You know, when you do have sex, I truly believe that every single person you have sex with, you are kind of in a weird way giving a part of yourself away to them. Because for me, sex is very intimate and I love sex. I love how you connect with somebody on such a level that does involve having, you know, sex. It's fucking beautiful. But good thing for me, bitch, I got a fat ass heart. Ooh. Yeah, that heart is huge. A lot of cholesterol. But anyways, after that convention, I was in love with purity for Jesus. I love Jesus. He's all I wanted. He's still all I want now. Mm. But after the convention, we had the opportunity to get a purity ring. And of course, my parents gave us the money before we got out of the car. I didn't know what for, but they did give us money. And I got my very first purity ring. <laughs> I'm dying. I got my very first purity ring and I was saved and I had made a promise to Jesus. And at this time, because I was so fucking brainwashed, I really was fucking with it. I remember going to school so proud wearing this ring and I wore it for a year. Actually, I think I might have worn it till like seventh grade. So like two years I was wearing this and I was so proud of it. And I was like, yeah, like I'm saving myself like, oh. you know, because people would come up and they'd be like, oh, I like your ring. Like, why is it on your ring finger? And I'd be like, oh, like I'm staying pure for Jesus. And at this time, like I was kind of going to a school that was like kind of in the ghetto. So people were just kind of being like, what the fuck? Like, huh? But I had my head up high and I was proud to say that I was saving myself for Jesus. And yeah, like I, I just remember being so proud of it and I would show it off and I just, I loved the meaning of it. And it's so funny, the second that I got introduced to sex, I threw that bitch in the garbage <laughs> immediately. If you follow back to my second episode, I talk about losing my virginity and I, I shit you not, I threw that motherfucker in the garbage. I was like, what's that? Jesus? No, like, oh no, I, that was just for fun. You know, that was just for funsy. Like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't actually serious about that. And that's what happens. These bitches get these purity rings and they truly believe like they're going to save themselves for Jesus. But when you mix puberty and all the hormones that are going along with that, and the second that you 
give somebody an option to have sex, they're going to do it. And they're usually going to do it without protection. They're going to trust that the person is negative of all their testings and they're just going to buy it, you know, but that is how you get bitches pregnant. And that is how you get STDs. Did I get any of that? No, maybe a pregnant a little bit, but I pushed those kids out immediately when I got home. Anyways, (laughs) it is kind of a joyous memory to remember just because I do come from such a heavy Christian background where some of that stuff I was not able to ditch. Like, I'm not going to lie. I have a seventh day Adventist Christian rock band CD still in my car still in my fucking car. I never got rid of it. I couldn't, I couldn't, like so many good memories. And anybody that does come from a Christian background, you kind of have flashbacks whenever you hear those songs. Like, but I mean, again, like I'm not gonna lie, like there's something about Christian music that I'm like, I don't know, but like sometimes when I'm having like a really shitty day, I'll like, you know, I'll I'll hop on Praise 106.5 and I'll just be jamming. I'll be like, yeah, the Lord is good. Yeah. And that's all I really have to say about that. Um, I hope y'all enjoy I hope y'all enjoyed that, honestly. So after all of that, I hope you guys that are listening, you know, you guys do know me a little bit better and my background. And, you know, also that it's okay to look at yourself and you know in your past and admit that you fucked up. The way that you used to think was not okay. And that's fine. Looking back on this show, it truly does mean more to me than I probably do let on. You know, for me, this isn't just a show. You know, in fact, it's a show about being completely honest. You know, it's a show about ending small talk, you know, and advertising your faults and your humility, but also sharing how from all of this, you know, in your past mistakes, you were able to truly learn from your past so you could correct your future. So before I even start this little segment, I wanna say that the gay Bible has officially adopted the terms, why are you being such a faggot? We use the three kinds of faggot in this show. Fag, fagot, and faggot. The three ways. And the second one, that's so cunt, cause it's fucking hilarious. But in saying those two terms, I wanna pay my respects to the people and the community that have coined this term. So. I'm paying my respects to Disciple Sophie and the trans community who on multiple occasions has provided our society with the best kind of humor that we honestly do not even deserve. So in saying this and with a lot of research for this coin term, I'm going to teach you guys the two ways that you use it and how we should honestly start saying it a lot. So for the first definition of that's so cunt let's begin now there are two ways that you can use that's so cunt the first one when you see a bad bitch roaming the streets and she's just doing bad bitch energy stuff and she's you know she is all balled out in her her fucking attire you look at that bitch and you look her straight in the eyes and you say oh, damn that's so cunt you are such a bad bitch. Like, that is so cunt. Or when you see something that's just kind of random, but you absolutely love, you just look at it and you're just like, ah, that's so cunt. I fucking love that. And then the second word is, we all know, you're just being a cunt, period, period. You're either giving cunt or you are a cunt, period. <laughs> that's the only fucking ways that you should be using this. And if anybody's getting offended that I'm using such a terminology, I want to let you know that why is it bad you're the one making it bad it's society that has made these terms bad when somebody says faggot to me i'm like hey it's a rite of passage when somebody calls me a fag now if you can't use that word because you are not 
a fag, then shut the fuck up before somebody literally curb stomps your ass. Last thing is we are approaching on our very first season. The very last episode will be the 25th episode and then, you know, give it some time and we'll go to the second season. But I'm really excited for this 25th episode because I have come to the decision that I do want to talk about and tell my coming out story. I want to tell the first version and this will be the true one. And I'm really excited because none other than Disciple Logan will be interviewing me. I'm a little nervous, you know, I have never really been that honest. um, And it's something that I don't really talk about. But I think as I've gotten older, and specifically this show, it's kind of taught me that being honest is not always going to be the easiest. But when you let that shit go, it's going to feel amazing. It's kind of like when you let out a shit or a fart. You just feel so good. You just feel so right. Anyway, (laughs) again, I hope you guys love this episode. Like I always fucking say, if you love this show, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your homophobic family members. I'm really making a collage of the hate comments that I'm getting. And it's honestly, it's Picasso got nothing on me. He could never. So in saying that, I love you guys so much. Stay tuned for next week's episode. I love you guys so much and have a wonderful fucking week.